and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. San Francisco time on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the ninth album from Islands titled And That's Why Dolphins Lost Their Legs, and it starts out like this. This is rock and roll. The pain, feel the pain of it coming on. And just like that, it turns the young lovers on. One day, your horse is up, the next it's been put down. Nothing seems to matter anyhow. All the things that I could do without. What's a clam got to be so happy about? Life's a gas, but I say life's a joke. La 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 la. La 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 life's a joke. La 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 la. Life's a joke. Islands is a very strange band that when I heard that this was their ninth album that kind of snuck up on me. And then I think about it like, no, they've been active since 2006. And it's a band that originally came out of Canada and Nick Thorburn and Jamie Thornton had a band called the, the unicorns, Yes, which one of my favorite album titles ever, ever who will cut our hair when we're gone. Yeah. And so they, um, put out an album as so they put out that album got a lot of attention started islands put out this first record in 2006 that kind of blew everyone away it was you know our favorite arbiters of pretentious music pitchfork gave it best new music and it was a deep and rich and interesting record that felt like oh this is a new and important band and then ever since then they just kind of have kept putting out music and yet it's never quite had that same sort of cultural cachet but there's longevity and it's always super listenable and the one through line is nick thorburn there's been uh i think after their second album they did kind of stabilize with the the gordon brothers evan and jordy but they've had kind of rotating percussion Uh, i think on this album it's adam halferty but i think they haven't stuck with any given drummer for a long time yeah so there's it's one of those bands where there's a rotating cast of characters but nick thorburn always like the would you say central songwriter? Yeah, he's the central songwriter, but yeah. this is one of those cases where he um, has had solo records and other collaborations. He's performs as Nick Diamonds. That's right. And so he's put out, I think, a couple of records as Nick Diamonds, but he's one of those guys like, oh, is this song more of a Nick Diamond song or is this more of an Island song? Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is a, an album full of what he thought were Island songs. So for sure, we're starting on this first song with... Um, you know, this very dense production and, you know, most of the tracks on this record were Nick Thorburn, but with Patrick Ford as sort of the lead producer. And there's very clean, but very dense uh, structuring of all these different sounds. And it's maybe mostly 
I might call it kind of chamber pop, indie, you know, very... It's, it's very heavily produced. There's a yeah. lot of synthetic sound. Which yeah, the little samples is, we hear. Yeah, like until I had until I listened to it in headphones, there was a lot that I didn't pick up on. And, it, you know, he has said that this album took a few years to make or it was kind of ac- on the back burner at times, but always he, he kept thinking about these songs. And you can tell that there are a lot of layers in each of these. Yeah, so, you know, we've all been kind of in a dark place, but yeah, these lyrics are pretty dark, very nihilistic, like what is, nothing matters, and life, you know, you say life is a gas, I say life's a joke, which is sort of like, oh, one of them is very positive, and one of them is like, ugh. Yeah, he, he said specifically that Ilomania, which was the last record, was exuberant and hopeful, and Dolphins is like the grim rejoinder. This is a quote from Thorburn. He says, the songs attempt to tap into some of our darker impulses, the grim, unshakable feeling that we live in hell, that there is no future, that all hope is lost. I wanted to explore those depths and see where it led me. Yeah, and so for all of that darkness, it is a fun listen, but yes, it is it is not a... Uh, not a party record, let's say, but I do feel like there's, you know, a push towards hope and we hear it on the very next track. It's called And All You Can Do Is Laugh. I was in my head, all my friends and all my lovers dead. You were on my mind, kissing off the last of lost time. And I would give you mine. I would give you When it came around We all swore they'd never put it down It was held aloft Waiting till the novelty wore off Wish I could have it back But all you can do is having kind of a more sedate verse and then it just explodes into an exuberant chorus is you know one of the hallmarks of this album and as you mentioned it has kind of a dark subject matter but the sound of it is so upbeat and cheerful yeah that it's and even that chorus it's so exuberant as it's like all you can do is cry 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 and then at the very end i guess all you can do is laugh but it takes him a while to get to that conclusion and you don't know if he's fully behind it Uh. Yeah, and you can tell that, you know, I mentioned there's so many little synthetic touches on this record. And in this song in particular, if you look at the credits, which I was able to find not on a song by song basis, but for the um, album overall, there are like maybe at least 10 musicians credited, including, you know, someone on congas, someone on saxophone, but also people on like five different types of synthesizers, like a Krumar, which I had to Google, <laughs> and a Korg synthesizer, uh, and then uh, auto harp, which I also had to Google. So a lot of different types of, and a Moog, different types of synths but they really come together in this constellation of synthetic sounds yeah i mean it's it's a i think a testament to the experience of these musicians that they can take all this chaos 
I mean, what <laughs> manage all of this so it doesn't sound like cacophony. It sounds like a well-produced, clean pop song, but especially again you throw headphones on and suddenly like how many layers upon layers like the fact that it works at all is remarkable and it's sort of you know this pair of songs where the first is life's a joke and all you can have to do all you can do is laugh is such the mission statement of the absurdity of like we have all this talent and all we can do is just try and celebrate life as best we can, even if we feel we're doomed, if everything is we're in hell, but at least you can listen to a good tune while you're at it. And I think of, you know, this band and Nick Thorburn particularly existing at kind of this weird cultural nexus because he's a musician, but also hangs out with a lot of comedians. Michael graphic artist. Yeah, he's a graphic artist. But I think like, yeah, if you look at some of the promotional videos for some of the earlier records where it's like, oh my God, it's like every comedian loves this band and loves this, like promoting this. Uh, Michael Sarah apparently plays piano on at least one of these tracks on this record. Good for him. And uh, yeah, and also that, you know, that Nick Thorman has so, so much going on that after, in 2016, they put out two records in one year and then took a five-year hiatus, worked on a bunch of other stuff. And I think this music, a lot of these started as songs or instrumentals that he was producing for other people and then was inspired to put lyrics on them and said, oh, wait, maybe these are Island songs after all. Um, yeah, in 2016, he thought that was going to be kind of the end of Islands and, you know, framed a lot of those shows as kind of like farewell shows. But then he said in 20, I mean, in the lead up to 2021's Islomania, Islomania, <laughs> He was working with a younger musician and just kind of felt more inspired to dive back into the project again. Yeah, so it's great to have that five-year hiatus, but now just a couple of years since the last record. And it's continues to be very energetic and it, you know does not feel musically tired. And I feel like, it, if anything, the energy goes up even more on the next track. It's called Headlines. Maybe a fun change of pace i think it brings the energy level up and it's i think more of a kind of traditional pop rock instrumentation with less of the synthetic elements there's still little bits of synth bloops and production yeah, but, on it but it feels more like it feels more like music that's being performed yeah to and, me. And, and i was listening really carefully to that per percussion because it almost seems like a synth clip of a tuba uh, uh. If you listen to it closely. Yeah, I mean, there are the samples there. And especially, again, I think this is my first time listening to it on really good headphones because mm -hmm. usually I'm listening on my convenient earbuds uh -huh. that maybe don't quite encompass me this way. But mm -hmm. it is so 
again, another one that's so energetic and has this great energy. We hear all these little wordless la 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 la, and it just feels like such a groove. And then it's these lyrics about just getting in a car crash yeah. and generally life being out of control. And I love this, the straw man coming from the scarecrow. I'm not sure what it means, but it's very evocative. Yeah, I could totally see this played at like a festival set or something. And it's just got a great sing-along quality. And the way that the verse is kind of in that part we play, it trails off at the end. And then it comes back in with a... Yeah, Yeah. and it's kind of weird structurally because there aren't... There's like the chorus is just kind of this... Not really there. There's like a one line that just isn't repeated... And so it's sort of like verse, verse, not really a chorus, another verse, not really a chorus, and then a bridge, another chorus, another bridge. It's, And so we heard one of the bridges, and yeah, there's just a lot of cleverness. And it's one of those questions of with this band, are they clever or are they deep? And I feel like they enjoy playing with that because such, you know, I talk about the strame coming for the scarecrow. And I think they're saying like, it beggars some belief, which is such a great, like we can't even commit to being shocked at something. Uh, and then he's so cheerful. He says, like, I, I got so ground down, I might order a hearse. It's just like a thing you could do. It's very charming, but it is, again, that are they are they a funny band that it just happens to be really good, amazing musicians? Or are they amazing musicians who also have a great sense of humor? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a feeling of not taking yourself too seriously. And he has talked about how part of this album was just living through the pandemic and having you know especially as a musician having feeling lonely but also have having your main source of income cut off and like not being able to play shows and play with other musicians and so i think he's kind of examining this part in his life and no spoilers but like the end the last song ends on a very positive note and it really it feels more like looking back at like a difficult time in his life and processing that through music but without taking it too seriously And so, yeah, processing a lot of ideas and apparently he said, at least I didn't realize this, but he says this next song is a love song. So (laughs) I believe him. It's called Superstitious. A little lamb, a little faith, a little lost, a little corners, a little far, a little ways, a little left, a little bit further. I know it can be done Though I don't see it in my mind I hope it will divine Where you know I feel your pain But you still give away the grain And I know it breaks you down So why you keep on always really bother me but i feel like it's a little bit it's subtle enough on this that it 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 works yeah well he's described this song as it's you know it sounds sad but it's one of the most joyful songs on the album because he's trying to capture the almost religious experience of falling in love and so it's that dreaminess that feeling of kind of is this real life i don't even know and there's i think contributing to that dreamlike quality is kind of the 
very backwards structure of the song because I've, you know, I've heard songs where it starts with a chorus and then it proceeds to be kind of a normal song. Here it's like chorus and then pre-chorus and then verse. And that, it took me a, a bunch of listens to kind of realize, oh, that's what he's doing. And it feels so like it's a song, but it feels just you're constantly disoriented because of that. And yeah. it's like disoriented in a good way, sort of like falling in love. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think what's also disorienting is the repetitiveness of there's like kind of like an acoustic guitar strum. And like a lot of the elements are just kind of repeated with a lot of variation. And maybe that is also kind of trying to capture the hypnotic feeling of being in that state. But it almost feels like I'm being induced into a trance when I listen to this. Yeah, I think, as I said, it's a, it's disorienting, but in a good way. I think we, the next song we'll play, which is a collaboration with Mike Stroud, is called Pelican. And it's a, a different kind of disorientation. not familiar with Mike Stroud before this, but he's I guess, a member of Ratatat, has also worked with Ben Queller, and I guess also with Kid Cudi. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, clearly uh, bringing that kind of alt-hip-hop energy here where it's this all of this echoing, uh, swirling sounds, but then anchored with this classical piano sample, and it's mm-hmm. such a great contrast. Or a sample, or maybe played. I think he's credited on piano as one of the, a bunch of instruments on the record. But whatever the case, I love that contrast. The class, the just super clean piano sound with all of the swirling happening around it. Yeah, and yet this is the song that has I think the most uh, authentic, I don't know what to call it, authentic sounding percussion. Like, it sounds like someone is actually playing drums, and there is a drums credit on the album, so I don't know if this is the song. But it doesn't it feels like it's more there are elements of it that are more organic but then it also has that the minor key feeling and a lot of repetition and then a lot of layered on synth that that give it a different feel yeah no i love bringing in that hip-hop energy because in fact islands from the very beginning has been at least dipping its toe in that water I, i was lucky enough i think i saw they hadn't put out this record yet when i went for the first time to South by Southwest well, in 2006. Yeah, I mean, I, they definitely hadn't put out this record yet because their, it was 17 years well, ago. Well, their first record, uh-huh. they hadn't put out any records. <laughs> and I uh, saw them in Austin in 2006. And it was that experience of uh, this guy in the, in the audience leaping onto stage. And it's like, oh, it's, hey, it's subtitle, the rapper on this one of their songs from that record. And they were, in fact, uh, subtitle and bus driver both putting on amazing verses 
uh, on that song and that they're, you know, closing that circle of the indie rock and the hip hop and, oh, and also Nick Thorburn on the side does podcast theme songs just, you know, for fun. And yeah, he wrote the theme song to Serial, which is probably the most that anyone has heard of him. Yeah, it's a little bit of the people, uh, Carrie Brownstein being known for Portlando more than for Slater yeah. Kenny. I think probably more people have heard this, the Serial theme than I've ever heard Islands. But, you know, he's getting out there. Yeah, he has a very omnivorous taste. And he ha- I think that helps him kind of think across genres and putting these songs together and feeling like, you know, I feel like this has a very pop indie rock feel overall. But there are those sa- the sampling brings in a lot of other genre elements. Yeah. So af- after this track, which brings in all of this new energy, the album weirdly go- downshifts significantly for a couple tracks. And we'll hear the first one of those called Driven Snow. to play that section of the song because it's the one part on this record where you feel like he really goes for it with his voice which is very pretty and he does this almost like falsetto pretty singing and then drops back down to the range that most of the record is on yeah i i would describe his voice as not the sort of classically strongest but i think yeah he has the experience to know how to use it to the optimal effect and to me, just delivering such ridiculous lyrics with such earnestness that mm. it, it he sells it and it, and it yeah it creates that experience of incredibly emotional and also silly yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I mean, like not to jump back, but with Pelican, like the image, like the image is very heartfelt and earnest, but it's also really funny. Of like, yeah, you're a pelican, you just scoop everything up and like keep it in your like hold those feelings in, and it's great a great image, but it's also very silly. Yes, and in this song, death won't do your dishes. Yeah, as the culmination of a ridiculous series of rhymes. Yeah, and it's you know again, a lot of these songs are so kind of broad strokes and I can't really seize on an exact meaning per se other than this general feeling of world do we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. also as a chronicle of a period of 
tough times, this is where it really kind of gets very slow and minor key and with the shimmery synth line in that last song and the yeah. next song we'll play is also kind of down and then kind of coming out of it at the end. So the next song is called Violet. You by your throat as your coat This is a reminder to play with the drama I, I love that kind of almost like a low marching band rumble like the big I don't know what you call the big bass drum that they have strapped on is that a bass drum anyway um, that rolling drum beat that drops out for some of the lighter verses and then it comes back in with such force that it really casts an emotional power well yeah and we talked about Pelican having that very kind of hip-hop production and i feel like this is not a collaboration i mean this is the the main production team and nick thorburn clearly knows his way around making a beat like this has such drama such energy there's that kind of almost spaghetti western guitar twang that we hear a bit comes in at the beginning and then we hear a bit as we come into the end of the song and you realize oh yeah not only does he get hip-hop people to come on guest on his records he also has produced stuff he's worked with a number of uh artists including lp from run the jewels and it's like his work can play in that playground and he's got the chops for sure yeah and the part of the reason we like to do this podcast is to think about albums as a you know a statement of purpose as a whole piece and i really like the way that this record is sequenced as intentionally trying to explore darker material and it starts out with kind of almost like a fake smile the the cover of the album is all these different black and white photos with drawn on like googly eyes and a clown nose which are it's just very kind of silly and it, playful it's also very distressing yeah it, it looks very weird too and creepy but it starts out with this kind of like fake smile, like really upbeat sing-along songs. And then it kind of gets into more darker material over time. And then it finally goes out with more lighter, like the last song is called Up the Down Staircase. And it's about like, hey, I was down in the doldrums and now I'm coming out and there's violins. 
Yeah, and it's where we finally get this sort of reference to this bizarre album title of uh, a mention of why did dolphins lose their legs? And it's the sort of the little inspirations you get. And in this case, it's some dumb guy at a party claiming, oh, dolphins evolved legs and then re-evolved losing them. And so that inspired this entire notions of dolphins coming up onto land and seeing what we're doing with the world and saying, nope, going back in the ocean. And <laughs> well, it's like, act- it's a great image. Yeah, that actually is true. Is that, that- Well, they started on land and went into the ocean. Well, well, I mean, I mean, mammals evolve from animals in the ocean and then. But I think the guy specifically was like dolph- like dolphins had evolved, grew legs for a while and then re-lost yeah. them, which is just an <laughs> insane concept. And exactly this. I love an insane concept inspiring a much more thoughtful record. Yeah. So then the the whole album, I think, has a real listen, re-listenable quality. If you listen to it on good headphones, you really kind of get the layers as you listen and listen again. But I, this is one that didn't grab me at first, but I really grew to enjoy it over time. So we're going to go out with that last track. As we mentioned, it's called Up the Down Staircase, and it really takes us out on a positive note. We've been discussing the ninth album from Islands called And That's Why Dolphins Lost Their Legs, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. member of the bff.fm podcast network learn more at podcast.bff.fm bff.fm best frequencies forever